Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. I'm here today to give you resources that'll make life with your cat more rewarding and, of course, behavior-free. Why behavior-free? Because Cat Talk Radio is an outreach program of Cat Behavior Solutions. And at Cat Behavior Solutions, we are all about helping cats with behavior problems and preventing behavior problems from developing in other cats. Cat Behavior Solutions is set up as a nonprofit so that we can help underprivileged families as well as the privileged families. And so if you'd like to keep Cat Talk Radio on the air and help our work at Cat Behavior Solutions, consider making a donation. No amount is too small. And you can do that through PayPal or your credit card. Just go to our website, catbehaviorsolutions.org, and up at the top it says Donate. We would love that. And... If you have been helped by any of this information, send me an email. If you have a question or a topic you'd like to hear on Cat Talk Radio, that would make our lives really a lot easier. So email those suggestions to me at molly at cattalkradio.com. And today, I'm joined by my handsome husband co-host, Dewey. Hi, Dewey. Hello, cat fans, and hello, my beautiful wife. (laughs) How are you today? I'm absolutely wonderful. I'm here on the show with you and enjoying a nice day and enjoying some time with you. You know, I'm breaking all the rules today. I've I've allowed Tabasco to stay in the room while I'm recording, which I never do. So if I drop out or you ask me something and I'm not here, it's because he stepped on the keyboard and disconnected me. <laughs> <laughs> He's just, just trying saying. to check his... His kitty emails. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. His mew mails. Mew mails. So what are we talking about today, Dewey? Well, I thought I would throw a little twist in things. You know, we always come at this with uh, some prepared material. But this time I thought I would try to Google some of the most ask questions about cats and see if we can test some of your knowledge. Ooh. Okay. So what I did was, in order to prepare, what I did was I Googled the top ask questions about cats in uh, 2018. So, and what was interesting is I found that the top three places, which i don't know why, but the top three states in the United States for the top questions came from New Hampshire, Maine, and West Virginia. Hmm. That sounds like all the cold part of the countries. I wonder that's wonder why that is. Maybe there's more cats in that area, and I don't know. That's interesting. Or maybe they're just more bored because they can't, you know, get out and all that snow or something. <laughs> I don't or know. Or maybe they're maybe that's the part of the country they just don't know. They just can't understand cats because the bottom uh, three, interestingly, interestingly enough came from Maine, Texas, and Washington, D.C. Now, I don't know why Texas was in there. Because now, wait. You said Maine was in the top three. How can Maine be in the bottom three, too? Ah, that's because it wasn't Maine. It was Maryland. Oh. Yeah, Maryland. Maryland, so, Texas, anyway. and Washington, D.C. Now, that's interesting. You know, I was born in Washington, D.C., and currently I live in Texas. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Maybe but, that's why I started my business, so that, Those places needed more cat info. (laughs) They need more cat info. That's correct. So what I saw is that everything is New Hampshire, Maine, West Virginia is in the top. The bottom is Maryland and Washington, D.C. All of those states are right up there in that area. And it's interesting that that's there. Texas is the only one that's way down in the south part of the world. So Mm -hmm. south part of the United States anyway. I hope one of your questions is not, why is this? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to ask you, why is it that in the colder part of the world, 
colder part of not the world, but the colder part of the United States, northern area, has these questions. I don't know, but let's let's answer them for them. Okay, let's start off with that. So, one of the first questions that I saw was, why does my cat lay in the litter box? Hmm, okay. What would you say to that? Well, I first of all, I have never been called for a behavior consult of a cat laying in the litter box, and I have never witnessed any of the cats that I have ever cohabitated with laying in the litter box. However... In a shelter setting, I see cats laying in litter boxes all the time. And since I've been working in shelters for well over a decade, I can tell you that there are some commonalities. They are usually the shy, scared, shut down cats, which makes me think that they're laying in their litter box because it smells like them. It's familiar. You know, as as clean as they can make the, the kennels in the shelter, the towels still come out kind of smelling like dogs and things just don't smell like that cat. And the litter box is probably the only place in that kennel that actually has clean litter, doesn't smell like anything, and the cat can lay in it and it'll absorb the cat's odor. The other thing I've noticed is that the cats that lay in their litter boxes in the shelter often are coming down with an upper respiratory infection, which is kind of like kennel cough for dogs. It's very common in high concentrated animal boarding areas. And uh, and it's viral, so it's, it's easy to pass around like little kids in a daycare. And so maybe they lay in there too when they're not physically feeling well. So the things that I see in common with those two scenarios is a cat that doesn't feel well, either emotionally or physically. So I think if your cat is laying in the litter box, that ought to be a red flag to you that something is going on, especially if it's sudden. Now, if it's a new cat, it's laying in its litter box, it's probably just scared and getting used to the environment. So more interaction from you, more reassurance, those kinds of things. But it's not a, I don't think it's a normal behavior. And so if your cat's doing it, you should pay attention and uh, shoot me an email if you can't, if you can't figure out why it's doing that. That's my best guess (laughs) from experience. We'll let the audience uh, see whether or not you've passed that. (laughs) So the next question that I came across was, why does my cat follow me everywhere? It's funny that people Google that. (laughs) Um, Okay, this too could be several different things. Um, It could be just that your cat loves to be with you and wants to be with you. You know, Tabasco... I better not say that too loud. He'll wake up and come over and walk on the keyboard. Um, Tabasco is now older and, you know, he's not feeling great these days. He's having some physical issues and he doesn't feel wonderful. So he has taken to following me everywhere. Used to be he'd sleep on my desk and then if I got up, you know, just to go do something quick, like, you know, something in the kitchen or whatever, bathroom, he would just stay asleep, kind of open one eye, wait for me to come back, not get up. Now, I cannot get up from my desk for two seconds, and the boy is up following me. And it's because he doesn't feel well. Now, as you know, I'm a Reiki master, and I provide Reiki to cats, especially my Tabasco, and especially now that he's older and not feeling well. So it may be that he's getting some of that energy that feel well when he's in my presence and wants to be in my presence. Everybody has the ability to channel positive energy. Think about it as feelings of love. So you love your cat so much, you're projecting energy to them and they feel that and it feels good and they want to be around you. So I think that's one reason. Another real possibility is that they're hungry. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) I could see that. Right. right, I'm hungry. I'm going to follow you around until you feed me. Right. And do some other obnoxious stuff on the way. (laughs) Um, 
you know, hopefully you're not free feeding dry food. It's a good thing for a cat to be to be hungry. It's a natural thing for them to be hungry, and that's why it's good because they do go long periods of time sometimes between meals, and they exert a lot of energy between meals. They do eat often. They're not meal eaters. They're snackers, so they they snack several times throughout the day, kind of like me. <laughs> but, um, so it could very well be that they're that they're hungry, and that's not a not a bad thing. That's a, a really good way to to learn their earn their loyalty and love, um, you know. And and they could just want something. They could be insecure about being alone. It could be that if you have other animals or people in the house, they're not comfortable being around. They're following you around because they don't feel a hundred percent safe without you there. So again, those are my real life best guesses. Okay. Sounds good to me. Um, This one is really interesting. I can't understand why this was Googled, but it was on the top list of Google. And I don't know, I would like to hear from the audience and the people listening to this. How many times has this come up for you? But here's the question. Can cats eat cantaloupe? (laughs) I don't know why. I don't know why (laughs) that would be on there. I, I just can't imagine me eating a cantaloupe and Tabasco jumping up and wanting some. But okay, well, here's the question to you: Can cats eat that cantaloupe? Well, um, I have actually heard people tell me that their cats love cantaloupe. Personally, I haven't experienced that, and that's because I don't care for cantaloupe, and you don't care for cantaloupe, so we never have cantaloupe in the house. So I wouldn't know what a cat's reaction to it is. But I have actually had people tell me my cat loves cantaloupe. And the reason, the the theoretical reason is because the amino acids found in meat are also found in cantaloupe. Now, in, in much less concentrated portions, of course, but to a cat, cantaloupe might smell like meat. And therefore, he thinks, oh, I'm going to, this is meat, I'm going to eat it. Um but I wouldn't imagine, you know, large quantities of cantaloupe being good for your cat. But if your cat likes cantaloupe and wants a bite every now and then, I'm, I that can't hurt them. They, you know, they really don't need cantaloupe in their diet. <laughs> and there's nothing in there they're really craving except maybe the, the smell of meat. So, so sure, they can eat cantaloupe. Just don't overdo it like anything. <laughs> <laughs> I just am still floored by that question but anyway okay let's move on to the next one what smells do cats hate the most citrus coffee grounds i mean yeah tell us some things those both are those both are yes there have been um scientific tests on this and and there are still a lot of controversy about uh, essential oils and and cats but citrus uh, there, there was a, a veterinary behaviorist actually that was going to develop a new cat litter, and she wanted to wanted to fragrance the cat litter, and she was thinking citrus because it's used in so many household cleaners, and you know that that would be a great thing to fragrance cat litter with. And then she started doing tests on cats and found that citrus really repels them. Citrus is actually one of the things that I recommend to people if they have outside cats to use as a deterrent. Citrus peels, like orange peels, lemon peels, lime, all that stuff, you can put that around the perimeter of your house and it will repel stray cats from coming into your yard. And coffee grounds as well. Coffee grounds will repel cats. Um, vats of vinegar. Cats hate the smell of vinegar. You know, when I used to visit the big cat sanctuary in Boyd, Texas, they would keep, the trainers would keep a bottle of vinegar and diluted with a little bit of water on their, like, like a gun holster in a spray bottle. And if the tiger or whatever big cat was getting out of control, they would spray it with the vinegar because it would make them ooh and back up. Um, and I don't suggest you do that with your house cat, by the way. That's not spraying anything of any kind is not a good way to, to punish them or to deter them from whatever they're doing. But vinegar is a, a big repellent. Um, 
you know, lavender is probably the most controversial thing about cats. There are people that claim that lavender is bad for them or repellent to them. And then there are people that include lavender and essential oils made just for cats. And and I don't know. I've just recently started using some essential oils with Tabasco. Um, not really any with lavender because I'm concentrating on the ones that open up breathing airways. But prior to the last few months, I have been against essential oils uh, for cats. Um, but there's a site, Animal EO, that uh, a veterinary doctor has made a line of essential oils and firmly believes in their use with cats. So I'm testing it uh, to see to see what happens. So I got off track there because that's not what cats hate the most. But citrus, coffee grounds, vinegar, definitely those are are up there on the top ones. Probably the smell of other cats should be way up there on the top rankings. They they hate the smell of strange cats, probably more than anything. And um, and they uh, probably don't like the smell of predators because it scares them, of course. There you go. There's my guesses. So you okay. were right. Citrus you know, interesting, about. when you say citrus, I almost want to think, I know it's not uh, completely citrus, but the cantaloupe would have some sort of smell that would be somewhat... Similarly, if they hate that, why would they? Want no, they cantaloupe? don't. Cantaloupe doesn't have a citrus smell at all. It's it's melon. It's it's definitely huh. molecularly different. That's why I said it has huh. cantaloupe has the same amino acids that meat does. So it probably smells like meat to oh, the yeah. to the cats. That still just floors me. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Why does my cat make weird noises at night? We've had Tabasco <laughs> do that. So explain yeah. that one. Thankfully, he's getting older and sleeping more. Did you know that this wasn't your question, but a a cat will sleep an average of 16 hours a day. And then when they get to be seniors like Tabasco, they can sleep up to 20 hours a day. So thankfully, he's doing that and not walking across the keyboard right now. But um, so he doesn't make too many strange noises at night anymore, but he certainly used to. And that is mostly about being hungry. And, um, you know, cats, again, they eat in small meals. So when we go to bed and then get up eight hours later, that eight-hour span is a very long time for a cat to go without eating. So I recommend that everybody get a food timer. They're on the website, uh, catbehaviorsolutions.org, on the resource page. I've put a link to them, an inexpensive, good timer that seems to last a long time. And I set that timer to go off four hours after we go to bed. And that way, in the middle of that span, he gets a a snack. I use my freeze-dried raw food, not hydrated, so it doesn't grow bacteria in there. That's his one dry meal a day. And, uh, And that seems to keep him totally quiet at night. But cats are naturally nocturnal, so they're going to be more active at night anyway. And Lord knows what they're doing. You know, they do weird things when we're not around. But, you know, they could be chasing those invisible things that they see. They could be playing with their toys. They could be rowling, you know, no no telling. But they do, uh, they're very active at night while we're sleeping. The other thing is it, it could be attention-seeking. Because, you know, 99% of cats' behavior, I'm convinced, is attention-seeking. They're trying to get us up because when we get up, we feed them. So it's not, you know, it's still three degrees of separation from I'm hungry. Uh, I want you to do something for me. But, you know, they get bored. And I think that they get lonely, and they want you to get up and interact with them and play. Let's let's do some prey play. It's it's nighttime. I've got high energy, but you can reset a cat's clock, and that has a lot to do with when you feed them and getting them used to the routines, you know, of your routines and sleeping more at night. But but usually it's it's um, hunger, attention seeking, and just natural, plain old nocturnal behavior. <laughs> Yeah, we've experienced that. So, um, next question. Kind of interesting, but it probably makes a lot of sense in a lot of different directions. But how long does it 
take a cat to adjust to a new home? Yeah, I imagine a lot of people Googled that because they're having trouble. You know, the cat's laying in the litter box or the cat's fighting with the other cats in the new home or, you know, any number. Yeah, eating too much, ODing on cantaloupe, getting in the refrigerator (laughs) in the middle of the night, going after the cantaloupe. (laughs) So um, this is not a question that has a definitive answer. Every cat is going to take a different length of time to adjust to a new home. And it depends a great deal on the cat's history and the environment in the new home. If, if you listen to last week's episode, um, the ABC's you know, alphabet of information on your cat, we talked about how cats have really amplified, in comparison to us, amplified seeing, you know, sight, hearing, Um, smell. And so when you have a loud household, you know, maybe your husband's deaf and you turn the TV up really loud so he can hear it, or you have screaming children or play music really loud or something like that, that can be quite jarring to a cat and, and cause it stress, environmental stress, especially if it has a history of coming from a, a quiet environment. And the opposite is true too. If a cat's come from a very loud environment and now all of a sudden your home is very, very, very silent and quiet, then, you know, your cat is, it's going to be a change. Cats don't like change. They're highly territorial. So they like to be in the same territory, nest in the space and say this, these perimeters of all these walls, this is my area and I'm not comfortable leaving. Anytime I set foot out of this area, I'm, I'm going to either go into another cat's area or be somewhere that a predator can get me. And so a cat's going to be very, very uncomfortable in a new environment. So be patient with them and, and give them time to just adjust to your surroundings. Give them lots of reassurance. Establish a schedule immediately that you can stick to of feeding, of playing, of cleaning the litter boxes so that the cat begins to rely on the routine in the household and it will settle in a lot quicker. Um, And then, of course, if you have another cat in the household, it's very, very, very important that that introduction go correctly and very slowly. And so if you go to our website, just scroll down on the homepage. I have there the steps that are involved in introducing two cats. Um, but that, that's the biggest thing that a cat has trouble with in adjusting to a new home is another cat. Same thing with your incumbent cat's going to have a hard time adjusting to have a strange cat in your home. Um, but, you know, they're, remember how territorial they are and, and how uncomfortable they are in new environments. So just give them time, give them space, go slow, you know, make it as comfortable for them as possible and you'll start to see their personality come out. So it could take, you know, I've seen cats in shelters that have been a little shy and somebody's come in and adopted them and they take them home. And then I hear, that cat is great. It's a totally different personality. It's running everywhere and playing and very interactive and social and confident. And then I've seen the opposite, you know, cats that are really confident in the shelter go home and they're scared to death because it's a new a new environment. So it really is um, individualized to the personality of the cat. There is a lot of commonalities in the species, but there are a lot of factors that make them very individual. <laughs> yeah, and you know, that question, that past question, seems like it would be on the top of all the other questions, you know, because I think that's probably more utilized than any other, at any other time. I can't imagine some of these other questions that are going to be coming up. That one's probably the one I would think would have been number one, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And this next question, I'm just shocked at. I, I don't know. I can't imagine the person that's asking this question. But the question is why do cats meow? I mean, that would be like asking, why do people talk? Why do dogs bark? You know? <laughs> I've, I've met some people why, that I wanted to why say, why are you talking? The road, you know? 
Um, no, it's 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 probably because their cats meowing at them excessively. You know, uh, maybe that's it. They're probably yeah. like meow, 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 meow. Uh, I and, see. Yeah, maybe it's usually, like that. I mean that that could mean several things. That could mean that the cat's in pain, that the cat's not feeling good because you know cats don't talk to one another. In the wild they're solitary creatures. They live solo. They have no use for language other than in the process of mating and in talking to kittens. They kind of chirp and of course purr and talk to kittens, but they don't hang out together and just gab. They don't have they're not like dolphins or whales. They don't have language. So they developed meowing to talk to us and they mimic, you know, they 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 say that they think that they were mimicking babies crying and probably because, you know, cats are very 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 observant and smart. And so they see a baby cries and a human runs to it. Hmm, if I mimic that noise, a human's going to come to me. So I think, again, it's attention-seeking, mostly. Cats meow um, when they greet you, you know. Um, If you walk in like we do, we walk in from being gone and Tabasco's sitting at the front door. Meow, meow, meow. And, of course, you know, from him, it sounds more like, where the hell have you been? You've been gone a whole lot longer than the I'll be right back. You told me when you left. And it sounds like he's giving us lip when we get in. <laughs> um, it could be that they're hungry. Again, it sounds like a, a broken record here. Why do cats do attention seeking or hungry? But, <laughs> but it's true. Um, they might want to go out. Or if you have an indoor-outdoor cat, they might want to come in. But, I mean, it, it's, it all boils down to they want something, you know, because if they're content, they're usually very quiet and asleep somewhere. So if they're talking to you, they're trying to tell you they want something. And it's your job to figure that out. And, you know, the only other thing I can think of, too, is like in an older cat, they, they do get dementia, and, and when they start to get a little disoriented, they can they meow a lot and because they're like, I'm, I'm really unsure about where I am. And a cat that goes deaf, senior cats can also lose their hearing, and deaf cats meow really loud, just like deaf people tend to yell and talk really loud. Same thing with cats. We have one here in the Santa Fe shelter now that Buster that's an older cat, and he meows like he's deaf, but yet when you say Buster, his ears rotate around, so I don't think he's totally deaf, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> meow. That's really good. Yeah, meow. I, I, that makes sense. Uh, the question itself came up, and I was like, really? That's that's really a question? But well, it seems I, get, I, I get what you're saying. But it's that, probably that makes because, sense. yeah, it's yeah. probably because a cat's, like, meowing a lot <laughs> right 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 like on the tv meow 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 right. meow meow <laughs> yeah okay moving on to the next one we've got a lot of questions to go through so uh, i'll try to speed this up a bit why does my cat vomit well um just like with people your cat could be sick vomiting um certainly could be a sign of illness if your cat throws up occasionally you know, don't worry about it. But if he's throwing up suddenly and a, and a lot, you know, repeatedly over the course of a few days, then you need to get to your vet. Um, so it could be that he's sick. Um, they do they do regurgitate. Like uh, if you feed them uh, raw food like we do, real raw food, it's not uncommon that occasionally that raw food will come back up and they'll just eat it again, which I know we find disgusting, but... It happens. And then, of course, there's the infamous hairball, which is kind of like throwing up, I guess. It, it's really removing that hairball from the intestinal or the, the gut tract because cats can't digest hair. So, you know, when they groom themselves, they're actually digesting a small amount of hair, which goes through their system and, and actually acts like a, uh, like a, what am I trying to say? Like a laxative. Um, so it's good when they groom and they get a little bit of hair, but if you have a really long haired cat or a cat that sheds a lot, then they may get too much hair in there and that hair isn't digestible and it 
becomes a little wad in their stomach, a.k.a. a hairball, and then you'll find that in your shoe one day. <laughs> also, that's not a good feeling at all, is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know you're loved when. <laughs> when you find a treat in your, uh-huh. find a surprise in your shoe from your cat. And then... You know, like if they eat plants, a lot of cats, like, you know, when we get fresh flowers, Tabasco's up there going, hmm, I'm going to taste those. Can I eat those? Which is why you got to be really careful, by the way, of what kind of flowers you get. There's a long list of flowers that are toxins to cats. So it's best you, you don't get fresh flowers. But when your cats eat plants and things, that also is not digestible. And it can make them throw up. And, you know, sometimes they do that because their stomach doesn't feel good. And, and their body's telling them, you need to throw up to feel better. Kind of like sometimes when we're hungover, sometimes just throwing up makes you feel better. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't been there in many years, but I can remember when. <laughs> you go, yeah. I feel much better now. Um, that That's probably why they're eating plants. You know, they can also have um, allergies. Allergies, severe allergies can actually make them throw up like food allergies. Food allergies are not uncommon in cats. So that's that can make them throw up if something they're eating that they're um, that they're allergic to. But, you know, main thing to watch out for, it's, it's no big deal that your cat vomits from time to time. But if they're vomiting multiple times a day for multiple days, and then on top of that, they're acting tired or you see blood in the vomit or they've had weight loss or anything like that, get your cat to the vet right away. But a vomit here and there hmm, kind of comes along with the species. Well, that's good. Thank you for that one. Okay, so the next one, let's see what you think about this, because I know this is a long subject, and we've talked about it a lot through a lot of our little radio shows. Why isn't my cat using the litter box? Yeah, you're right. I can can understand. I'm surprised that isn't the top Googled one, because that is the top call I get, is cats peeing or pooping inappropriately outside the litter box. And there there are three main answers. Your cat is either sick with a some sort of urinary tract infection or kidney disease um, or its pee burns when it goes, which could be the result of dehydration um, or it doesn't like the litter box. There's something about that litter box that it's decided it doesn't like, the feel of the litter, the cover you have on it, the cool little mechanical one you just bought, the depth of the litter, or too shallow litter. But there's something, some physical characteristic about that box that it doesn't like. Maybe it's the placement of the box. Who knows? And then thirdly is territorial. And this could be from other cats inside the home or cats outside the home. And these things can can crop up what seems like suddenly between cats relationships change just like with people between cats cat might just one day go hey you're trying to get my stuff i'm gonna have to pee over here to show you this place is mine and so there's you know there's lots of territorial battles but that's the short answer and as you said we have uh, several podcasts that are dedicated to making that litter box the most attractive and how to deal with territorial issues so if your cat isn't peeing in the litter box listen to those episodes and then if you still need help email me okay that sounds great Let's move on to, this one's kind of interesting, and I've thought about uh, the fact that uh, I, I don't see it that often. You probably see it more often than I see it, but uh, the question is, why is my cat's eyes watery? Yeah, and, and oh, of course, in a shelter setting, we see it a lot because that's yeah. part of a, an upper respiratory infection is, you know, is a, is a viral. And it's just like when we get a cold or flu, you know, runny nose, watery eyes, coughing, sneezing, same symptoms in, in a cat. So, yeah, I see it a lot. Um, but in, in your cat in the home that's not expired, not um, exposed to those viruses, um, that's not likely to be that. It could it could be, so watch for those other symptoms. But if it's an isolated watery eye, could be a scratch. If you have more than one cat at home, uh-oh, here comes Tabasco. 
if you have more than one cat at home, they, you know, they could get in a little tussle and someone get their eye scratched. Um, just like with people, it, it could be allergies. You know, when cats are allergic to things, especially things in the air, you know, pollen and, and stuff like that, dust. So the cat's allergic to all those kinds of things, just like with us. Um, they can get watery eyes. Um, he's like going for the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> watery eyes can also be a symptom of a much more serious thing like um, herpes, which is the Khaleesi virus. Again, we see a lot more of that in the shelter than you do at home. But if your cat's got a watery eye and it's not going away, uh, it's always worth a vet visit just, just to make sure things are okay. You know, that kind of leads into the next question, which makes a lot of sense. Do cats get allergies? Yeah, and and as I said, they do, and and it's the same symptoms that we have: um, sneezing, coughing, wheezing, itchy eyes. You know, like I said, vomiting sometimes, and that's mostly for food allergies, um, which can be fish, can be chicken. Those are the two proteins that that cats have the most allergic reaction to: um, wheat, gluten, corn, soy. Um, all of those are are common cat allergies. Um, and again, they, you know, uh, the other thing you can look for when cats have allergies, environmental allergies, is their feet will sm- swell. The, the pads on their feet will actually swell. And, you know, some things that are common for them to be allergic to are, you know, trees, grass, mold, pollen, just like us, fleas. A lot of cats are allergic to fleas. Perfume. Some cats can be, you know, just like people are sometimes highly sensitive to perfume and other odors like that. Same thing with cats. Smoke, um, prescription drugs, some fabrics that have coatings on them. Cats can be allergic to. They can be allergic to plastic and even rubber. So just very similar to people. I can't believe that. That's Rubber <laughs> or yeah. plastic? They're Clearly, they don't use wow. condoms. <laughs> wow, no kidding. <laughs> no more kitty sex for you. <laughs> okay, so I think I can answer the next question. How can I get my cat to lose weight? Okay. You buy, you buy it a jump rope. <laughs> right? Did I get that one right? That would be funny to watch a little kitty jump roping. <laughs> we might have to teach, you know, if you taught the cat to hoop jump and then you kind of started spinning the hoop so it got used to continuously walking through or jumping through, I bet we could teach a cat to jump rope. We're going to have to test my my compadres at uh, Jackson Galaxy's Cat Positive Pro this next semester. I'm going to have to throw some cat jump roping in there. But um, no, that's probably not the most efficient way to have your cat lose weight. The number one way you can um, you can have your cat lose weight, just like with people, is to eat less and uh, fewer carbs. And of course, more exercise, like jump roping. So mainly is fewer fewer carbs. So if you're feeding dry food, a high quantity of dry food. Stop it if your cat's overweight because that is making your cat overweight. There's this myth out there that wet food is going to make your cats uh, fat, and that's not true at all. Canned food is going to give your cats the moisture and hydration that they need, and dry food is just going to dehydrate the crap out of them and lead to problems later in life. So either stop feeding dry food or just feed it at night when you put it in that timer that's going to keep them from making those weird noises in the middle of the night. That's the best way to get them to lose weight. And then just like with us, uh, increased activity. So more prey playing, you know, walks on a leash, things like that. Anything you can do to get your cat more active, which if just like with us, it's me especially, as I get older, that's more and more of a challenge these days to get me physically active and out there and moving. But uh, I know the feeling. I've got to do know? the same thing. I'm, I, I've got to re energize myself and get back into activity and less eating so i understand right, i mean well, let's soon as finish we, up these questions people and start go for talking a about walk. losing yeah as soon as we start talking about losing weight one thing or another everybody seems to wear that right so let's go on to the next one and uh we're we're 
We've got quite a few more here to go, so we've got to speed this up a little bit. But we don't uh, have to go through all of them either. My gosh, we could be here for days if we go through. Uh, you could just look through them and give me the last four or five if you want. Okay, yeah, because the thousand of questions that I had here for you, that might make sense. That would be good. I'm sure our listeners would like to see that broken up. Okay. So, so we'll we'll do the first me. 500 now and the next 3,000 <laughs> later. How's that? <laughs> All right. I had, so I had other plans for this afternoon. <laughs> okay. Can I feed my cat a vegetarian diet? Uh, and this is probably asked again for losing weight. People think, oh, if I eat a vegetarian diet, I'm going to lose weight, which, as we know, is not always true. But no, you cannot feed your cat a vegetarian diet. Your cat species is an obligate carnivore. It needs meat. So I'm a vegetarian, and I feed my cat raw, ground-up, whole carcass rabbit. And sometimes I find it a bit disgusting, but I know that it's what he needs and it's the best nutrition I can possibly give him. So I choke it down and I and I prepare it and I do it. But cats need protein and moisture. Those are the two biggest things that they need. So no, you cannot feed your cat a vegetarian diet. A cat cannot live by cantaloupe alone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still can't I still can't get the cantaloupe out of my mind. I, I'm thinking as a kid, we used to love to eat cantaloupe. We'd sit around with a big spoon and half a half a cantaloupe. And I don't think I've ever had a cat come up and, and do that. I don't know where that question came from. That was just, and it was one of the top. So how many people on the East Coast, Northeast Coast, eat <laughs> cantaloupe must, with their the cat? Whole, they must That's eat a lot crazy. of cantaloupe up there. <laughs> <laughs> it must be. Either that or they have a few cats that just don't have anything else to eat. <laughs> I, I say feed your cat regular and he won't eat your cantaloupe. <laughs> That's just a crazy question. Okay, uh, getting on to our next 5,000. All right, what is the biggest cat breed? Uh, the biggest cat breed is a Maine Coon. And as we saw at the cat show, you know, I, I was asked to, to, to speak in the education ring at a cat show in Mesquite, Texas uh, earlier this year. And so, uh, you know, I had you come down and go with me so that you could see these purebred cats because they're just, they're fascinating. And that main kid. They truly are. You remember how huge he was, that, that giant Oh, yeah, I out? know. That's yeah. crazy. They're, they're big. They are really, really, really big. So that's that's the biggest, I mean, biggest domestic cat breed. Now, obviously, you know, tigers and lions, that's in a whole different category. But but for uh, domestic cat breed, it's a Maine Coon. You know, something interesting. I saw in that show, I saw more cats that didn't look like your everyday cat. I mean, and you don't see them very often. It's not... So I didn't. I don't see a lot of Maine Coons when I go to somebody's house, even though that was the first one I saw. But then after I saw that, I was uh, thinking back. I don't see that kind of cat all over. So right. I, I, I suppose that a lot of those types of breed cats you don't find in the shelters. Maybe that's well, why there's more popularity of just shelter type cats. Well, there's. Um, first of all, there are very few purebred, pure breeds of cats compared to the number of purebreds in dogs, and the most popular purebred cat by far over the years has been the Siamese, and so we do see a lot of Siamese cats in the shelter, and Siamese is recognized. In several forms, there's the traditional uh, seal point, which is the dark brown ears and face and tail. And then there's a lynx point, which has a, a lighter striped face. And then in Britain, I think they, they even recognize a flame point, which has orange ears. But we see a lot of Siamese and those Siamese mixed breeds in the shelter. We occasionally see um, Maine Coon mixes. I can't say that I've seen a purebred Maine Coon in the shelter ever because we just have never had anything that big. But people look for Maine Coons. It's a popular breed. So there are Maine Coon mixes or big furry cats that people think are Coons. I've seen one Savannah in the shelter, purebred Savannah, which is, is very rare, very expensive cat. I've seen a couple 
Bengals, purebred Bengals in the shelter. That's another very popular breed. Um, and I've seen a couple cats that I thought were Abyssinian in the in the Dallas shelter. But um, but other than that, that's it. Certainly, the majority of cats are are uh, are mixed breed, and quite frankly, much healthier. You know, just like with dogs, when you start overbreeding a particular line of of species, it it's going to develop uh, physical and sometimes you know neurotic issues. So, I I tend to to lean towards the mutts. I wonder what there is a word for cats that are mutts. Right. Yeah, they they always the talk about dogs shirt. being a Heinz fifty seven type. I wonder what yeah. is that the same for cats? Uh, well, no, we've never used Heinz fifty seven or or mutt. I use mutt jokingly in the shelter when someone comes in and goes, "What kind of cat is that?" And it's a mutt, you know, <laughs> because I think everybody knows what that means. But there really isn't a common term to to describe a. A, a mixed breed cat, uh, you know, um, in the veterinarian world, we call it a DSH, a domestic short hair. So it's just, it's a domestic cat and it has short hair or it's a domestic medium hair or a domestic long hair, but mutt sounds better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a second ago you were talking about uh, the Siamese and you talked about the UK and having uh, orange ears or in Germany or over there somewhere. Uh, so when when you think about that, the first thing that came to my mind was the UK and how the UK people are more punk rockish and they all have different color hair. I wonder if they try to breed, try to uh, uh, have their cats have purple hair or uh, anything like that. It, would that hurt a cat if you did do that? If you were oh. like to punk your cat out and yeah, put no, a you mohawk on him and, and yeah, uh, no, and we change and- his hair color. We get dogs and cats in the shelter that that have had people try to dye their hair. And no, those chemicals on your animal's skin is highly toxic, and it's it's horrible. So no, do not dye your cat's hair. You can uh, shave it. You know, like our neighbors here, Janet and yeah. Tom, they they have a a long haired uh, rag doll mix they got from the Santa Fe shelter, and and he just gets matted like crazy, and he's miserable in the summer. And they have him shaved into a, a lion cut in the summer, and you can tell the difference. That cat feels so much better when he's shaved. So shaving, yes. Dying, no. That you wasn't know, one of the really questions, good. was it? It's down on the. It's about five thousand down. It's it's way <laughs> down there, and I was just trying to pick well, one out of the bottom. More. And then I'll let's you, wrap you, this up. Yeah, I'll give you a couple more because, you know, I'll save the other 5000 for next show or something. Okay. All right. So you're doing a good job. So as far as I know, you're, you're, you're <laughs> right on top of everything. You get an up. A. You You've been passing every one of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's the smallest breed of cat? It's a, called a Singapura. That's the smallest. That Munchkins like- are the shortest, but a Singapura is the smallest. That sounds like it came from Singapore. <laughs> and it purrs a lot. A Singapore. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. And what was the what was the munchkin? What does that look like? A munchkin has really short legs. Mm. It's a, a relatively recent breed. They and it was probably a genetic disorder and then they started breeding cats for these little short legs. You remember your daughter's cat that was both hairless and had those little short legs? Yeah, I forget what they that, called that thing. That's a that's a cat. munchkin hairless cat um, crossbreed, which is why the cat's not fully hairless. It's got some hair. Strangest looking cat ever, but really friendly. That little cat was was friendly. Sure was, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's have one final question because you know I've got a whole notebook here full of questions for you, but and I know you can answer them all, but we should uh, save that for another show. Okay, here's the last question: How often should I take my cat to the vet? How many times have you answered this question? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, of course, if you have a new kitten, it needs to go frequently, and your vet will be able to tell you when to come back for boosters and things like that at all of its shots. But in that first year, your cat needs to go to the vet frequently, probably like kids. I never had kids, but I imagine you take them to the doctor a lot when they're, when they're infants. And then when they get to be an adult, annually is very important. And when they get to be a senior, 
probably biannually is about as infrequent as you can get away with. And this probably got Googled because taking your cat to the vet is such a traumatic experience for both you and the cat. So remember when we talked about how territorial a cat is and how it really likes to be in its place and nobody else's place? Well, when you load it up in the carrier and then you take it to this strange place that smells like dogs and other cats, and then you take it into a room where people poke it with sharp objects and, and, and hurt it and cause it discomfort, Every time that cat sees the carrier come out, it's going, oh, hell no, we're going back to that place. I'm not getting in there and runs and hides in the middle of your under your king size bed where you can't reach it. And then you miss your vet appointment and you go, oh, forget it. I'm, I'm just not going to deal with this. There are vets that have gone through the fear-free certification. So, And this is really important for cats. Look for a vet that's fear-free certified. Look for a vet that's sympathetic to cats and having a a cat practice. You know, that's not going to, I'm not saying you need to go to a cat-only practice because, you know, smelling other cats isn't going to make your cat feel any less threatened by being in that environment. But there are also mobile vets, cat vets that will come to your home. Often your vet that has a brick and mortar facility will dedicate a day and come to your home for, you know, routine stuff. Obviously they're not going to do surgery and stuff like that, but routine stuff they can come to your home. That's the best thing you can do for your cat so that it doesn't have to ever leave the environment. But I understand that can be expensive because, of course, you're paying for a professional to come out to your home and make a, a special visit. But um, frequently, if you're if it's a young cat, annually, if it's an adult cat, and when it hits senior, and if you want to know when that is, listen to the podcast on taking care of your geriatric cat. Then I'll tell you exactly when senior and geriatric hits. And uh, geriatric take uh, twice a year because you should be following uh, blood panel and things like that closely once once they hit those senior years. And, you know, I even did a, an extensive blog on taking your cat to the vet and how to train them that the carrier is your friend. And, and that's up on the blog page at the website, catbehaviorsolutions.org site. So that's worth looking at, too, if that's a traumatic event for you. But that's a good question because it's important to take your cat to the vet, just like it's important for us to go for our annual exams. You know, we catch diseases earlier uh, before they're irreversible. And, you know, you you know how healthy your cat is, which is important because, boy, they're susceptible to all kinds of, of things, just like we are. You know, I should have found a harder question for you because you've answered this question so many times. I should have found more something more like the cantaloupe and ask you for the well, last question. Go ahead. Question, ask but. me one more then. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you can no. ask me one. Yeah, no, yeah. No, go no. and do another one. Do another one. No, I think because I'll no, get off on, on something else. So. Oh, come on. I want one more. Okay. Uh, here's a good one. What's the best way to bathe your cat? I'd say don't. <laughs> That's a stupid question. You feed a cantaloupe first. Right. Throw the cantaloupe in the bathwater and maybe it'll jump in after it. <laughs> no, don't bathe your cat. That's a dumb question. Um, do people really Google that? Um, Absolutely. You How should not get- bathe a cat. If your cat needs bathing because it's not grooming itself, you need to go to the vet. <laughs> because cats are wired I mean they're so fastidious and they like things clean especially themselves so they spend a lot they spend like 15% of their day grooming themselves so they're constantly licking the dirt and excess hair off themselves they do not like to be dirty and so if your cat is dirty then you know you you need to take it to the vet something is wrong if it's stopped grooming I think dog owners google that question because you know people bathe dogs all the time you know and dogs dogs need baths boy if i had a dog i'd be bathing it every morning with me in the shower because they stink but (laughs) cats don't smell they don't have an odor like dogs do and they don't need to be bathed like dogs because dogs don't 
you know, lick themselves and groom themselves like cats. So they need a little help staying, staying as clean as we'd like them. Of course, in the wild, they don't bathe. They just, you know, occasionally get in water and that's good for them. But um, yeah, don't, don't bathe your cat. And if you have to bathe your cat, like let's say you have a kitten or a, um, you know, an adolescent cat that has fleas and you need to give it a, a flea bath, which we bathe them in dawn, by the way. You want to use Dawn dish detergent because it's non-toxic and is the most gentle. And if they happen to ingest it or something, it's not going to kill them. But um, you want to make the water hot. So remember that a cat's body temperature is, you know, 101 to 103. So you need to make that water feel like hot tub water because if you put cats in cold water, they're not going to like it at all. So get the water much warmer than you would your normal just lukewarm bathtub. Make it hot and then put the Dawn detergent in there. And don't get the cat anywhere near any of this until the water has stopped running. So fill a sink. I, I prefer to fill two sides of a sink. I fill one side with the Dawn dishwater and then I fill the other side with the rinse water. And then I have a big old towel ready on the counter. So I pick up the cat. I place my fingers under its chest so I've kind of got the front legs where I can control them. I grab the back legs, I hold them with my other hand, both back legs, and I lower it slowly into the water. And then you want to put, if you're if you're treating for fleas with the Dawn bath, put a ring of Dawn uh, suds around the cat's neck so the fleas don't run to its head. And then just, you know, lightly kind of massage the cat quickly Get as much of the head as you possibly can. Dip it quickly in the warm water. Hopefully you're not bleeding by now. And then put the cat on the towel and, you know, and and rub it down really good. You want to make sure that it gets good and dry. Don't let your cat get chilled. But um, really, other than fleas, you, you shouldn't. And, and really, there are flea treatments that you can use that are better than a bath but if you're dealing with a small kitten sometimes they're too young to to use the flea treatment so you have to give them a bath but if you feel like you need to give your cat a bath first thing you need to do is ask yourself why are you trying to do this crazy person (laughs) and if it's because the cat stinks or is dirty you should probably go to the vet and see what's wrong with it because when a cat has an unkept coat that usually means it's suffering from some kind of disease or illness. That was a good question. Yeah, it was. And I have seen cats uh, on YouTube and places like that where cats will jump into a shower with uh, its owner. Uh, yeah, talking about following you around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think they sometimes will get into the water and not be afraid think- of it. You know, I've, I've had people say that my cat loves water. You know, they'll be in the bathtub and the cat. I've, I, I've, I've, I've had cats in the past that have not minded water. I had a cat. I had a hot tub, and I had a big old Maine Coon mix cat. And I would pick up the cat, and I would just slowly sit down with it in the hot tub. And because that hot tub water was at 103, the cat didn't know that it was in water. Because it was the same temperature as its body temperature. It had no idea it was in the water. And I would sit with it in the hot tub, jets off, of course, with the water calm, and then and then let it out. And it, it didn't mind that. I don't know if it liked it. I'm not even sure it knew what was going on because the temperature was so perfect till it got out. And then it went, oh, my God, what happened? I'm soaking wet. <laughs> so. Interesting. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. It's uh, been a long show today, and uh, I still have 5,000 more questions to answer or ask you, but uh, I think I'll save those for another day. Okay. So, wrap us up, Duke. Okay. Thank you for listening to Cat Talk Radio. We enjoy you being here and listening to us, and if you have any questions uh, for Molly, I can put it on my list of 5,000, and we'll get them answered. Uh, if you would like to have Molly come to your local uh, place uh, or local shelter, uh, please give us a call. We would love to uh, talk to you more about that, too. And, and, and how do they get in touch with us? Uh, they call or not call. They actually email. Email Molly, would be better. <laughs> yeah, email's better. Molly at cattalkradio.com. Yes, that'd be great. And until next time, peeps. Keep calm and purr on. 
You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.